I'm Charlie Keegan. This is the Central Wigan Podcast. Welcome back to the Central Wigan podcast. It is episode five and today we're looking ahead to Wigan Athletic versus Sheffield United at the DW on Monday night. It's going to be Carlo Torre's first game in charge at the DW and there's been nine days since our 1-1 draw with Millwall that he's had time to settle with the squad, try and implement some new ideas. So I'm a bit excited to see what we see up against Sheffield United but you know they're going to be an even harder task. Millwall were, were a tough one, but this is a this is Sheffield United now. We're in they're in second place with forty one points in the championship. No matter what happens over the weekend, they can't be shifted from that position because they have a four point cushion over Blackburn heading into the weekend anyway. But Paul Heckenbottom has been doing an incredible job with the Blades. They're probably on a promotion charge to be honest. Um, I can't really see them settling for anything less than automatic promotion this year with the plays that they've got. So it's going to be a huge task for Wigan, but. I am excited. And in this podcast, I want to go through the form and the stats heading into the game for both sides. Then we'll look at Sheffield United and who their top attacking performers are and plays that we need to watch out for. Then we have our first podcast guest. We have Noah from the Red Half of Sheffield podcast has joined us just to talk through from a Sheffield United fan perspective. He's also an American fan, so it's a bit of a different take to one that we we usually see, but that's definitely an interview to stick around and listen to because it's very interesting listen. Then I want to talk about Wigan Athletic and what threat we can bring on Monday night, a team selection, and then we'll go through our final thoughts and a game prediction at the end. All right, so starting with Sheffield United, we're going to look at their previous five games. United have won four, lost one, scored eight, conceded three, and kept three clean sheets. In the first game back from the World Cup break, they played Huddersfield Town at Bramall Lane and they won 1-0 and it was Billy Sharp with his first goal of the season. And it was also their second clean sheet in a row because November 12th before the World Cup started, they they went down to Cardiff City, got 1-0 there. Before that on November 8th, they lost 1-0 at home to Rotherham United. And before that, they they were at Bramall Lane again and they beat Burnley 5-2. And we'll get into the um, the most attacking players later on in the podcast, but they had four different scorers in that game and 28 shots with 12 on target. They just they blew Burnley out of the water, but Burnley sit above them in the championship, so it, it does show how much of a threat Sheffield United are, and they're going to be top two easily. And then the final fixture in that run of five, just to cap it all off, was a 1-0 victory over Bristol City away from home on November the 1st. And as I mentioned before, that does put them in second place in the championship with 41 points heading into our game. Unfortunately for Wigan, though, we're having a lot more of a difficult season than Sheffield United are, obviously. We're hovering around the bottom of the table. In our last five, we've picked up one win, two draws and two losses. We scored five goals and conceded seven. And we're still without a clean sheet, which that streak goes back to Blackburn Rovers win at the DW on October the 11th. That was the last time we had a clean sheet. And I had a bit of a deep dive into the stats this week about the games that where we've scored first and then how the game has ended after we've scored the first goal. 11 games so far in the Championship, Wigan Athletic have scored the first. Four times we've gone on to win the game, four times we've drawn that game, and then three times we've gone on to lose. Three of the four wins have resulted in a clean sheet, but that does mark it 17 points dropped from winning positions, which is a bit alarming, to be honest. And if we can just tidy that up, Then going into the second half of the season, we're going to be so much stronger than we have been in the first half of the season. We haven't had a terrible time, don't get me wrong. I don't think that 
you can really look back on this time as terrible. It's had a great moments, but again, it's just these it's these little margins, as as Paul, as Paul Cook would once say, it was a it's an unforgiving league. So, got us we've got to sort that out. And I think I hope that Torre is the the one to come and sort that out for us. And our previous five fixtures, obviously we had Millwall 1, Wigan Athletic 1, December 10th. Before the break, we had Wigan Athletic 2, Blackpool 1, Coventry City 2, Wigan Athletic 0, Swansea City 2, Wigan Athletic 2, and then Wigan 0, Stoke City 1. Okay, so I'm going to be honest with you. When I was looking through my match preview about the top attacking performers for Sheffield United and who are the players that we need to watch out for, it made a pretty grim reading and it was not a fun little deep dive to be honest but obviously you don't get to the top of the championship without having prolific goal scorers and players who can provide those opportunities and Sheffield just have those in abundance they've got goals coming from across the field and it's really it's been hard to choose just three players to watch out for but I've chosen my list of the three and then straight after we're going to listen to what Noah has to say from the Red Half of Sheffield podcast who gives a much better insight than I do because obviously he watches the Blades way more than I do. So the first player I've gone for is Ilaman Ndiaye and he's a player that went to the Qatar World Cup with Senegal and he's a player that you may have remembered playing against England. He played for the first 45 minutes when we, we beat them in the round of 16 but he also he played his first game against Qatar, the host nation, and he got an assist after coming off uh, off the bench with 15 minutes to go. He then started against Ecuador in a 2-1 win to round the group off but he's a, he's a centre attack in mid and for Sheffield United so far this season in the championship he's got nine goals and three assists and he's, he's a massive threat going forward. He's quick and we can't really afford him any space to operate in or else we are just going to get punished. And when you pair him with Oliver McBurney who plays as a centre forward the the 26-year-old Scotsman, he's played 18 games so far this season. He's got nine goals and got one assist himself, so they're in a bit of a race to who can get the double figures in goals first. And then finally, I've gone with the 23-year-old Bosnia and Herzegovina centre-back Anel Ahmed Hodzic, who he arrived from Malmo in July 2022, and he's he's got four goals and two assists in 16 league games so far. And for a centre-back, that is, that is incredible. I know Noah will talk about him a little bit further, but... He's, he's contributed to eight clean sheets for the, for the Blades. So he's not only going to be a nuisance going forward for Wigan, but also for us trying to get past him at the other end, he's going to be, it's going to be difficult as well. And he's just 23, and he's also massive. He's, he's six foot three, so if we're going to start with Nathan Broadhead up top, he's uh, going to have his work cut out trying to get past him. But I'll hand over now to Noah, who can talk you through the Blades and the season that they're having so far, the work that Paul Heckenbottom has been doing, and where they realistically think that they are probably going to finish this season. So without further ado, here's Noah. Hello, all you Latix fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I am one half of the Red Half of Sheffield podcast, we're a podcast by two American Blades fans giving an American perspective into Sheffield United. And Charlie sent me a list of questions here, and I'm just going to kind of quickly go through them and answer uh, to give you a little bit of a uh, perspective on Sheffield United this season. So the first question that Charlie gave me here is, how happy are we with the work Paul Heckingbottom has done since his appointment last November? And Boy, he's done an amazing job, hasn't he? He has been, he's just turned the club around pretty much completely from where we were. You know, we had just been relegated from the Premier League. 
we thought we were going to go far with Jokanovic, and he comes in, and obviously it's an absolute nightmare. You know, we're in the bottom half of the table, um, and look cut adrift pretty much at that point. Uh, Heckingbottom comes in in around, I think, mid to late November, and we immediately get that new manager bounce, and I think we were top of the form table for, you know, the calendar year uh, of 2022 to the end of the playoffs, basically. And so, you know, this season he's done a pretty good job. Obviously, we've been hampered by injuries. We've been absolutely plagued by injuries so far this season. And in spite of all of that, we remain second in the table, which is, you know, no small feat. It's an absolute miracle that Hecky's been able to do what he's done with what he has. So suffice to say, uh, I think we're pretty happy with the job Paul Heckingbottom has done uh, since his appointment as manager of Sheffield United Football Club. The second question that Charlie gave to me uh, this season, we're flying high in the championship and uh, we can see who the attacking goal threats are from the stats. But are there any unsung heroes in our side uh, that we that Wigan Athletic should be worried about? So. Um, we get the majority of our goals and our creative chances from two players, Illiman and Jaye and Ollie McBurney. But with that being said, uh, Latix fans should be looking out for Anel Ahmedhadzic or Ahmedhadzic. It's pronounced two different ways, but uh, we say Ahmedhadzic. And um, I mean, he, the Bosnian and Herzegovinian center back has been absolutely unreal. If you you know, pay attention to team of the week. He's usually in it just owing to the fact that he's fantastic defensively, but the lad can score goals. Also, he has four so far this season um, coming a whole bunch of different ways off of set pieces and from open play from non set pieces as well. I mean, he really can just do it all over the pitch and blades fans have absolutely fallen in love with him. And then Ollie Norwood, I'd say, is another threat. He doesn't contribute a lot of goals per se, but uh, the pings that he puts all over the park are just class. I mean, I think there's probably not another player in the championship who has an eye for a long pass like Ollie Norwood. So definitely two to look out for there in Anel Ahmedhadzic and Ollie Norwood. Third question I have here: Are there any injury concerns that you should uh, that you lot should know about, or players coming back from injury who could return against Wigan? And um, the question is a little bit hilarious, just because, as I alluded to before, United have been completely plagued by injuries so far this season. I think at one point we had we could field a full eleven with the players that were out, but notable injuries that have just recently returned. For us, um, Ollie McBurney had a hernia surgery. Obviously, he's uh, one of the top scorers in the championship, and that World Cup break came at kind of a perfect time for him. He had his hernia surgery. Uh, he's been back on the grass, and he featured in our game this past weekend uh, against Huddersfield. So we do expect that he'll feature against Wigan uh, when we play you lot uh, this coming Monday. Besides... McBurney, you have Sander Berge, who, for my money, is one of the top midfielders in the championship when he's 
on form and not injured. Um, he's also just kind of coming back from injury, and his was a little bit more long-term, I'd say, than McBurney's. So he's probably going to feature, but most likely won't start. Besides those two, Jaden Bogle and Max Lowe, they play right wing back and left wing back, respectively. I don't think they'll feature. They may get a sub, but I don't think that either of them will start. But that being said, those are our two starting left wing back and right wing back uh, pairing, respectively, when they're healthy. The fourth question here, uh, where do we feel Sheffield United will realistically finish this season? Title winners, automatic promotion spots, or the playoffs? So in my heart, I want to say title winners. I I would love to see that. You know, we won the League One title, I think, four years ago or five years ago. And to see another title in my lifetime would be unreal. It would be amazing. But that's the heart. The head says we're probably going to finish second or third. Um, I just think Burnley are probably too good this season, and I do think that they're going to continue on and eventually be the title winners. I'm pretty sure they'll be alone and have you know cut the rest of the league adrift probably by February or early March, um, just based on how they've looked so far. If we can remain up there in and around, uh, you know, that second or third position, I mean, we might make a nice race of it by the end of the season. And But as a Sheffield United supporter, uh, you're just always kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And, you know, we're hoping, but as they say, it's the hope that kills you. Fifth and uh, finally, how do we feel the game is going to go and what would be our score predictions for when Sheffield United visit DW Stadium this coming Monday? Uh, the crowd's definitely going to be behind the Latics, I think, obviously. I Hopefully there will be a decent away crowd, but I, I have to be honest with you, we've been really tough to beat away from Bramall Lane. Our away form has been pretty stellar this this year. I think we're on six wins, two losses and two draws to this point, or maybe it's three losses and three draws. I can't remember off of the top of my head. But with that being said, I do think United are going to come out on top. I am expecting a 1-2 win to the Blades, and I do expect that maybe Anel Ahmed Hadzic is going to get on the board, and I think probably Illumin and Jaya might score as well. So thank you so much for uh, having us on, and we really appreciate it. Once again, the podcast is called The Red Half of Sheffield. We do weekly episodes, game reviews, game previews, and the odd movie review. For instance, we did a podcast where we reviewed When Saturday Comes, which is ostensibly about the city of Sheffield. So once again, Charlie, want to thank you so much and best of luck to you lot, not just in this game, but for the rest of the season. All right. So from what we learned from Noah there, what what can Wigan Athletic do to, to come out on top on Monday night? One of the interesting things that Noah's talked about was how good Sanderberg's been and Max Lowe and Jaden Bogle, who obviously you said of the starting left and right wing backs respectively. With them likely not to start, that means that we we can probably take it to them in the midfield and we really should be attacking down the wings with Callum Lang and James McLean. Even with Nathan Broadhead, if he gets the nod over Charlie White, say if he's still not fit, we've got to, we've got to be attacking those wing backs because that could be our way in. 
And earlier on, we went through Sheffield United's top attacking performance, but I just want to run through Wigan's. Just that some of the stats in there are still highly impressive, even though we are sitting around the bottom of the table. I just want to run through them. So top of the pile, we've got Wilkeen. 21 games, 8 goals and 2 assists from centre midfield. When we saw the game against Millwall and we saw Zion Fleming being spoken about a lot, you know, he's I think he's got 9 goals now and he looked phenomenal. Keane's got 8. So, yes, we might be lower down in the table, but he's still the one that's getting the goals and he is going to be the player that is really going to drive us up the table if we can just carry on getting the ball to him and just align in that little bit of space. He's going to hit double figures very soon. I'm not too sure if another player is going to hit double figures, and we spoke about that in the the match uh, reaction episode for Millwall, whether you know Nathan Broadhead can maybe get there. I, d- I don't know if somebody else can, but he's, Kino is the pivotal one. James McLean is next on my list. 22 games, he's started every single game so far. He's got two goals and four assists to his name. And I much prefer him in this left midfield, left wing sort of role rather than the left back, left wing back role that we've been seeing him recently. You know, leave Joe Bennett there. Let James McLean get further forward. Let him support the attack and get those crosses in. And his corners are brilliant. And what I worry about sometimes is when he's up taking the corners and then say the the opposition break, McLean's up by the corner flag. You know, he can't get back to left wing back. And yeah, we've got three centre backs he should be able to cover, but... Just leave it to the defenders. You know, let James McLean sit further up because that's where we're going to get the best out of him. So third on my list, Callum Lang. 13 games so far, one goal. And I'm going to mark it as five assists. It's not officially five assists, but two of them have been penalty wins. And in my book, that is, you know, an assist because you're the one that's won that penalty. You're the one that's provided the, the chance to score. Lang probably had his best game back from injury in that game against Millwall and he constantly driving forward and he loves a little cut back to, to try and find Keane on the edge of the box or try and put it across to McLean, you know, who can maybe do something with it. So Lang is one that, especially if Jaden Bogle and Max Lowe are out and won't be to- won't be starting the game, Callum Lang has to be on his game to be the one that drives us forward and provides a lot of the opportunities. Charlie Wyke is fourth on my list, but he didn't. He wasn't in the match day squad against Millwall. I don't know if it's a injury that's going to keep him out for a while. And um, to be honest, I don't even know what injury it probably is. But he's had 14 games so far, two goals and two assists from centre forward position. And then the person who came in to cover him, Nathan Broadhead, 19 games this season, three goals and no assists. He's sort of playing in a hybrid centre attacking meal, uh, centre attacking midfield, centre forward role. Um, Always looking to dart into the box. I liked him when he played up against Millwall, but as we spoke about before, Ahmed Hodzic is very tall and very physical. Whether Broadhead is going to be the one that we go with to start, I'm not too sure. But it's going to be, we'll, we'll talk about that in a, just in a short while when we go through our team selection. But those are the top attacking performers for Wigan. So there's goals coming from all over the field. There's, you know, there's players outside of those five as well. Tom Naylor's got two goals, one assist to his name. Whether he starts, I don't know, but... You know, we're we're not looking bad for a team that are, you know, really low down in the table. It's just getting those wins, and as we spoke about before, holding on to victory, holding on to the lead to try and get those victories. Okay, so now I want to go through a team selection that I would personally like to see us play. Going with formation first, the four-two-three-one is what we went with against Millwall. I much prefer that to the 3-5-2. I think we looked much better going forward. We were able to keep possession a little bit better as well. And there was, I think there was more 
avenues that we could work the ball forward. So for me, four two three one is what we should start with. There's, there's quite a big debate at the moment going on between who should start in the goalkeeper position. And I put a poll on Twitter recently saying, should it be Ben Amos or should it be Jamie Jones, who's been stepping in since Amos had his rib injury quite a few games ago. So I put the question on Twitter, put it to a poll, 183 of you voted, and Jamie Jones won 85% of the voting share to start. And then going into the back four, I reckon Torrey is going to stick with probably what we saw against Millwall, to be honest. I think the game's a bit too soon for Ryan Niambe and Tom Pearce to come back. They're both coming back from respective injuries. I'm not too sure how long they're going to be out for, but I think Niambe and Pearce are both actually in training again. So maybe we see them on the bench, but I still think it's going to be a bit too soon to start. So the back four I think we will see is Dariqua, Bennett, Jack Watmore and Curtis Tilt. But personally, I would like to see that Romani Edmonds-Green gets the nod ahead, ahead of Tilt. I just I feel like his composure on the ball is a little bit better. And if you cast your mind back to the Millwall game, Tilt, yes, he had a great game. He had six clearances, looked great. But when he was driving forward, I was screaming at the telly and I'm like, just release the ball, you're going to lose it. And then he ends up losing it. But I feel like Edmonds Green can just step into the midfield a little bit better than Tilt can. And do is this a game that we try Watmore and Edmonds Green over Watmore and Tilt? Again, it's against Sheffield United and it's going to be very hard to defend NDI, McBurney and whichever players they decide to throw on that field. So that that's a bit of a tough one for me. Then going into the midfield, again, it's another debate of who should start. Max Powers played every single minute of the season so far. I would like to maybe see him, you know, take a take a seat on the bench for this one and let another pairing go ahead, whether it be... Jordan Cousins and Graham Shinney or Jordan Cousins and Tom Naylor or Shinney and Naylor. I've gone for Jordan Cousins and Tom Naylor only because I don't like the approach of having a two-in, two-out policy in the midfield. I think that keeping Naylor on and pairing him with Cousins just brings a little bit of stability that Naylor played the last game. Jordan Cousins came on for the last 10 minutes of the game, but Graham Shinney didn't come on. So do we really want to throw him in straight against Sheffield United when he hasn't played any minutes since the World Cup break? It's a bit of a difficult one, but I would like to see Shinny get quite a bit of game time, whether that's a full half or the last 25 minutes or so, depending on how the game's going. But for me, Jordan Cousins and Tom Naylor should be the ones to start. Then moving into the attack, you've obviously got to have Will Keane. He has to be the first name on the team sheet and you've got to build around him. Callum Lang to the right as well. Then the other two positions are very, very difficult to, to choose from. You know, do you stick with... James McLean on the left and Nathan Broadhead up top, like we saw against Millwall, or do we bring in Ashley Fletcher? If Charlie White's fit, do you start him? Anthony Scully is still a player that we're, we're yet to really see, and Scully, he must be fit because he played in Turkey in that friendly game, and I know you can't really judge off a friendly game, but he played there, he can't have been injured this entire time, and I know he's been travelling to the stadiums with the squad, so... I really don't understand this not including him. But I also think that for the sake of stability and what we know works and what was looking exciting against Millwall, I would go with James McLean on the left and Nathan Broadhead up top. But I would like to see a bench of Amos, Tilt, Shinny, Power, Asgard, Scully and either Fletcher or White if he's fit. So just to round off the match preview, I would love for us to get a win. I think that for us to get for us to get as a win at the DW, Cole of Torres' first game in charge against Sheffield United, who 
a second would would not only be in in good fashion for Wigan. We've you know we've done it before. We've we've made it very difficult for teams at the top on occasion, and I would I would just love for it to happen again. I did say on the Red Half of Sheffield podcast when I was speaking to Chad that I do think that it's going to be a little bit too hard for Wigan though, and I did say a two one win to Sheffield United, which Noah and Chad both from the podcast also agreed with. They think that it too will be two one. But I would love to win it. And after joining their podcast and sitting on it, I would love for it to be 2-1 to Wigan. Or, you know, even if we can keep a clean sheet, that's not out of the realms of possibility, but it's obviously going to be very difficult. But there's only been five games out of the season where we haven't scored so far. And interestingly enough, there's only been one nil-nil draw all season, which was our opening day against Preston. So I would like to see Wigan score at least if we can't grab a win. Um, maybe try and get Will Keane a little bit closer to that 10 goal mark would be nice but yeah that is the the full match preview I want to thank Noah again just for joining and giving his insight I think that it was great insight into the Blades and you know how they've been doing and where where they think their season is going to go and that is all from me so thank you very much for listening this has been episode 5 of the Central Wigan podcast you can find us on Twitter on Facebook Instagram and also our Substack as well, which is a newsletter which you know we deliver match previews, game analysis. We also look at the under-21s and on occasion the under-18s. Any latest news that's going on with the club and every month we do a loan report on the players that are out on loan up and down the UK. So you can find that link through our Twitter. It's just centralwigan.substack.com. Um, but that is everything. So thank you for listening and up the ticks.